Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dean Rogers. Welcome back to the Dean Rogers Show. Today, I've got a very special guest, Mr. Robert Wensley. What's up, Robert? What's up, brother? Good to see you again. Thanks for having me on today. Good to see you, man. No, I'm stoked to have you on, dude, because uh, I like to, to nerd out on tech. And you're at the cutting edge of all the latest and greatest tech in the real estate investing space. So, dude, for those people that don't know Robert, okay, if you're you're just getting started, you're living under a rock, whatever it is, uh, Robert is the CEO of Investor Lift, one of the the hottest tech items out there on the market right now for real estate investors. Uh, you're a Harvard graduate, uh, and you help the top wholesalers in America sell only a few billion dollars worth of homes per year. No big deal. And uh, you know you have some big names that support the product, use the product. You got Pace Morby, Jerry Norton. Eric Klein, Ryan Pineda, Carlos Reyes, Cody, Cody Sperber, just to name a few guys, uh, and many, many more. And um, so, dude, it's so awesome to have you on to talk. And then people can find you online at Robert Wensley on Instagram. They can find you at Investor Lift. So uh, make sure you guys check them out on all the social media handles. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. So, dude, let's dive in. Let's talk about what even got you into the real estate investing game like where did this all start yeah you know what to be honest it was just from watching house flipping shows like I, <laughs> yep. growing up i the guy that i knew that made the most amount of money he worked like uh in finance so originally i was like oh i just want to be rich and like the guys who were making the most money were in finance so like did the whole like finance thing did economics and finance at harvard and i was like my plan was go work on Wall Street, make a few million bucks a year on Wall Street, and uh, try that for a little bit. Started doing like summer internships and stuff, and I just realized like that's not my thing. Like I, I don't like working hundred hours a week. So I was like watching these houses. Wait, wait, wait. We, we got to give some even more context for people that are just listening and not watching us. You, you just made that statement while your background is literally the ocean, the beach like the most beautiful background and you're in Puerto Rico right now. So for yeah. people listening to this, I, I like to, I like to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to be stuck in some office in New York city, just grinding it out till 10 PM every night. So that like the boss can buy another Ferrari. I'm yeah. like, I want to buy my own Ferrari. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I see these house flippers and like, you know, now that I know the game, I know how like a lot of these shows are like, a little bit fake, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like some of the clients, some of the big guys on the shows, like Tarko Musi, he's been a client of mine. Um, I got a few more guys that, you know, are on TV all the time. And, but when you're watching it, you're like, wow, like these guys, they, they don't seem like they're like super brilliant or anything. <laughs> like this does not seem that complicated. They're fixing and flipping houses. So I was like, I want to learn how to do that. Cause if I could just do a couple of those per year, you know, I can make a few hundred grand a year and, and live a pretty healthy lifestyle. So, uh, but I didn't have any money. I didn't have any education. And when you get in the game, you're going to fail unless you learn from someone else. I kind of figured that one out. Mm -hmm. So you have two options. You can do the fast track and hire a coach, or you can go work for someone else. So I decided to do the second route, uh, start cold calling house flippers and uh, a guy named Brad Chandler in Washington, DC. Uh, yeah. he gave me a job working on his team. No way. And uh, yeah, just started working. Yeah, you know Brad. We were yeah. just hanging out with him. In, Dude, in that's Tampa. so cool. Yeah. yeah, so I worked on Brad's team for like three years, learned the game. But when I got into Brad's office, I was originally hired for sales. I did one day on sales. Then the first day, Brad calls me in his office. He's like, Robert, so what do you think? And I paid my way through school, basically like flipping websites. I'd buy a website and then like revamp the marketing and everything, get it cash flowing a lot more than turn around and sell that website for more. Uh, so I was pretty good at like driving traffic and doing like landing pages and I'm pretty good on that like data tech marketing side of things. So I'm like, look, Brad, here's the thing. I can do sales for you and make a few hundred thousand dollars a year. But if you let me go after your marketing tech, 
like your marketing, your tech sucks. Let me go after that because that will allow me to make you a few million dollars per year. So literally did one day on sales and then literally the next day, he's like, all right, go do whatever you want. And uh, one of the good things about Brad is he's like that kind of guy. We're just like, cool. Just like, let's see what happens. Like, just go do it. <laughs> you know, like just yeah. give me like free reign. And um, we scaled that company up flipping houses originally, but then we realized really quick flipping does not scale. And then so we uh, pivoted it becomes the a business. Grind. It is brutal. All the we money did the, you we did the make. same thing. All your money is out the door. It's in your flips. You feel yeah. cash broke all the time, stressed out, and then it becomes the law of diminishing returns. I I, I tell yeah. that as part of my story every time. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, a peak we're doing sixty flips at a time. Okay, wow, that's a lot. We were at twenty. Sixty is a oh. lot. <laughs> you get to sixty. There was literally a house we forgot we even bought, I'm and we sure. got like this like this letter in the mail. We had a code violation because no one even remembered that we bought the house <laughs> and the grass was growing up to knee high. So like, yeah, that was brutal. Like we were not getting any sleep and it was just, we're trying to build all these systems and processes around flipping. And then eventually we're just like, you know, it, it came to the point where like the business was really like going cash broke, you know, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we're like, shit, we got to get out of this. We're losing money on all these flips what the hell are we going to do? And we're like, okay, wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Wholesaling is the way. And we dramatically shrunk the company over the next six months. We probably decreased the size of the company by like 90%, um, pivoted 100% to wholesaling. And the beautiful thing was once we made that pivot to wholesaling, what I'm good at, the marketing and sales, the, once you pivot 100% to wholesaling, you put down the hammers, mm-hmm. you are basically a marketing, sales, and tech company. That's it. And then that's where like my skill set can really shine because it's just pumping traffic, converting that traffic. And, um, it's just marketing sales. Uh, so that's when I first started really getting heavy into wholesaling. And I believe we were the first ones in the nation to break a million dollars a month wholesaling. And we did that with a very, very small team, maybe a dozen guys on the team. Dang. That's a lot. That's, that's pumping a lot of volume. And I'm sure you saw as you pivoted, you had a lot more control of the business. You saw the bank accounts increase. You had more consistency with the deals. It was more profitable. Boom, 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 checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Yeah. Like we used to have maybe like like when you're flipping, you're gonna have like 150 fields in the CRM. And then like once you swift the wholesaling, it's like, how's motivation? Has equity, max level <laughs> offer. Like you, you go from like 150 fields and like all these different processes down to like a dozen fields. And it's just turn and burn. You got to run it. You can run it like McDonald's. I would say if you want to build a super big, super valuable company, you, you have to just be the best in the world at one thing. You look at all the biggest, most successful companies in the world, Uber, press a button, get a car, Airbnb, press a button, get a villa, you know, investor lift, press a button, sell a deal. There we go. Right. They focus on one small, small little thing. So uh, we just try to cut everything just down to our like our core competency, generate leads, convert those leads into deals, and then sell those deals to end buyers. Stupid simple, stupid simple processes where like literally you can take a 12-year-old and you could bring them in on the sales floor and within 48 hours they could be closing deals. That's killer. So you went through that experience, you guys pivoted out of necessity, right? And help scale that business with marketing, sales, and tech. At what point did you branch off and say, I'm starting InvestorLift? Yeah. So it's funny. So I told Brad when I came in, I said, I'm, I'm coming in for three years. It's basically going to be my master's degree. And then I'm going to leave. He's like, well, most people don't even last three years in this business. So like that sounds good to me. <laughs> so I did my three years, not my three-year anniversary. So I'm like, thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. I got to do it on my own. But I was kind of burnt out. Like we just scaled up this company and like tried to get into multiple markets. And like I was a little bit burnt out from wholesaling. So I decided to do something completely different. I started a data company. So I'm starting this data company. But as soon as the word got out that I left Express, everyone and their dog was calling me, hmm. trying to pitch me on coming to work with them. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm doing the startup thing. Like, sorry, I can't. I can't. I'm too busy. So I'm turning down all these offers. But then that company, I ended up getting in a, I had a round, a fundraising round that was supposed to bring in $5 million into that company. And it never ended up closing. The VCs issued a term sheet and everything. And then they had a following out with their LP. So I never got the money. 
So I'm sitting there like cash strapped. I got negative $5,000 in my bank account. I got $35,000 in bills. I got paid by the end of the month. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, shit, what do I do? I'm like, oh, all my buddies that want help. I know what I'll do. I, I've been trying not to think about real estate, but you can't help it. Like real estate's like a disease. Once you get that it's taste, like a virus. Right? Once it gets you, it's got you for life. Yeah. You can try to get out. You're never going to get out. Once you're a real estate guy, once you're a real estate investor, you're always a real estate investor. So I'd been thinking about basically the idea for investor lift and how like it's a no brainer that like someone needs to do. And uh, I called up my buddy and I'm like, Hey, here's the deal. You want me to help you? I'll help you, but I'm going to build you something. Uh, you're going to pay me for it, but I'm going to own all the IP. So if I want to sell it, I can, he's like done. So literally coded up the first version of investor lift in one night, sold it to him the next day uh, for $35,000, took the money, and scale that company scaled up from about 150,000 a month over the next uh, about six months later they they broke a million per month, and then five months after that, so 11 months total, they broke two million a month. Oh, fees. So I'm like, hey, damn, we're like two for two now over a million a month. Then I went out and did that again with two more companies. So they're like the first four investor companies all broke seven figures per month. So I'm like, hey, I think we got something here, right? So I started investing more and more money in it. And um, I, I started wholesaling. Um, I was doing wholesaling deals. Uh, and my idea originally was I'm going to be the first 100 million year real estate wholesaler. But to do that, I need to be doing deals nationwide. I can't just be in one market. I figured yeah. that out when I was at Express. I'm like, I need to be in multiple major markets. I need to have a presence in every major city. I'm going to be the first 100 millionaire wholesaler. And to do that, I need to build this investor lift tool for myself. But it's really expensive. So I went out to all my friends. I'm like, hey, you guys each chip in 10K a month. And I'll give you my software, everything I'm building for my company. But I'll also consult with you. And basically, when I find out certain little chips and tricks of stuff that's working well in my business, I'll give those to you. So that was the original kind of concept. There's original like 12 guys. We call ourselves the investor lift cartel. Yeah, because we all work together. You know, it's like the the cartels back in the day. They were all killing each other, and then they got <laughs> together. Pablo Escobar got them all together working together. And once they started working together, they made more money than like anyone ever in history. So the same kind of concept. I'm like, let's just work together. Like the twelve of us will just work together. I'll build us a bunch of cool tools. You guys chip in some money. So that's how it started. But it was supposed to be our secret sauce. We were never planning on opening it up and letting other people buy it. Um, but then some of these guys started popping off and started doing really well. Like guys like Nick Perry, like he he sold deals on investors in 46 different states the first year and probably doubled or tripled his company the first year using InvestorLift. So of course, people are coming to my guys now asking for coaching. And these guys are like, oh, wow, we can make money with coaching. So they become coaches. But then they can teach everything on like PPC and acquisition and everything. But the problem is they get to Dispo and they're like, well, I use this thing, but you can't really buy it. Right. So they started coming to me like, Robert, you got to open up investor. I'm like, no way. There's no way. Well, I, we put so much IP. This is our competitive advantage. Why would we open it up? That's insanity. One of us is going to be the first 100 million year wholesaler. Why would we give up our biggest competitive advantage? And it worked on me, worked on me. And then eventually, again, I was in like another cash jam because I just bought all this data and like, I had a bunch of deals that were supposed to close that didn't close. And I'm like, ah, screw it, whatever. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll throw a webinar, I'll see, I'll pre-sell it. I'll pre-sell a basic version. And if enough people buy it, then then I'll, I'll actually open up and deliver. If no one buys it, I'll just say, hey, or if just a handful of people buy it, I'll just say, hey, sorry, we decided not to do it. I'll just refund everyone. So I do this webinar with Dan Schwartz and we have 150... You were on that. That's how you, yeah, you were on that webinar. That's how I found out. That, about was, it, yeah. that was history making. I did that webinar, 150 people joined. And then the first hour, there's 144,000 in pre-sales. And then I threw that up on some Facebook groups and we did over a million in pre-sales just in the first month. I think we were at 1.8 million in pre-sales. And then I was like, holy shit. Because back then there was no company. It was just me and Dimitri, the two of us. 
And I was like, okay, I got to shut things off. I shut off all the sales pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had to create like a waitlist page and everything. It just went completely viral. And then when we shut things off, it became even more viral. It's like Rolex. Like you can't buy a Rolex. So people want the Rolex even more. Yeah. So people were literally calling me, offering me $100,000 for a license. So I'm like, you had like a waiting like, list. Yeah. We had hundreds of companies. And then we spent the next 60 days creating the mass market version. Um, turning into a SaaS product and we did like 16 hours, 16 hour days for like six, 60 days straight um, and got everyone onboarded. And that was the launch of InvestorUp. And I was like, shit, I got to like, I got to quit doing deals because I'm too busy on this. So I retired from wholesaling and I've been working on InvestorUp for the last couple of years. That's nuts, dude. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like there's, there's always like the behind the scenes, cool parts of the story. Where naturally, like from the outside, you always see the overnight success type of stuff, but there's always moments in time. I know in my story, like I'm, I had massive failures, massive setbacks, like being super broke, uh, like over and over, like several times. And uh, that always like creates that new hero's journey in your story, yeah. you know? So um, I love that. So, you have you have this big blowout. You, you're now to this point where you've got this big company. Everybody in the industry knows Investor Lift. I say everybody. Most people. There's still there's always so many new people joining. So there's always new people that can and should join. But um, you've had the the different perspective than anybody else would possibly have as the owner. What have you seen? that has allowed the people that are most successful, what are the things that they're doing that is giving them this massive success? Yeah. So the thing about InvestorLift, if you, if you talk to people about InvestorLift, they're going to they're gonna be in, there's no middle. They're going to be in one of two camps. They either love us or hate us. Mm. Okay. The people that love us, it's because they they went all in on it. They went all in on it and they really learned how to use the tool and they put an effort in. And when you put an effort in, InvestorLift, I always tell people, I'm like, look, as long as you put an effort in, I guarantee you getting on InvestorLift will be the single most profitable thing you ever do in your real estate investing career, period. There's nothing else you can invest your dollars in that will get you a higher return. Now, another camp is the people that are like, they're they're the like eight out of ten guys, right? They sign up and they like they don't join onboarding, they don't do the training, and they just post a deal and they expect it to just sell on its own. I'm like, no, we're not a magic trick. We try to get as close as we can to be a magic trick, but like, like we did that 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 the deal in Texas. We we're down in Texas a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. And you had a couple of deals you wanted to sell. I'm like, let's sell them together. Yep. Right. And we got on and we posted them and we, but we, we did a really good job with our deal posting. Uh, the, the best guys in the industry, the, they package up the deals really well. You're asking people for hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money. You got to have good photos. You got to have good video. Try to get a Matterport if you can. Um, and you got to write a good deal description, actually underwrite the deal. It can tell buyers why this is a deal, why it's going to make money or write it, or build a case for your deal. So we, you got to package them up really well. So we did that and then we blasted it out and then you still got to work it, right? So I the leads start coming yeah. in, the buyer leads start popping in you got to respond to them right away. Just like with motivated sellers, you know, when a Google ads lead comes in, you're paying $500 for that phone call. You got to respond in 60 seconds. Otherwise, they're going down to the next person on the page and they're going to sell their house to someone else. It's the same thing with buyers. I did a ride, a ride along with Zachary Keeps. It's also on YouTube. And we're driving around town and he probably got 40 to 50 deals sent to him that day. And he bought, he he did buy a deal that day. He, he's like, yeah, I try to buy a deal every day. But it, when you got 40 deals coming in every single day, uh, if you submit an offer, submit an inquiry, you got to respond to those right away. Because if you don't, your buyer's already on to the next deal. He's already going out to go look at something else, going out to go buy something else. And buyers only have so much capital to invest. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the the two really big things that really drive the success on InvestLift is number one, how well do you package up your deal? And number two, how fast are you responding to your buyer's inquiries? 
how fast um, are you uh, servicing those buyers? And you got to have good salespeople. Like your best salesperson, I think, should be on Dispo because that's the biggest leverage point. That's where you go from having a $20,000 assignment fee to a $30,000 assignment fee. It's the same steps on acquisition. All the hard part is on acquisition. That's where all the time is spent. But then on Dispo, like like we sold, what, two deals in 20 minutes? Yeah. And then I sold another one after we left too. Yeah. So like, the, it, it, look at Closers Olympics. On Closers Olympics, two guys on Investor made over, uh, they made $121,500 in an hour and a half. That's what the top guys on Investor do. The top guys on Investor will sell over $100 million per year each, which is insane. If you look at New Western, the top guys at New Western, mm-hmm. which is like the biggest wholesaling shop in the world, their top guys will do $10 million a year. So our top guys on Investor literally sell 10x what the top guys at New Western do. So, but to do that, you really got to work the system, right? So, um, yeah, the top guys just really, really make sure that they understand the ins and outs, how everything works. Um, and what we're trying to do on our end is try to create, pump up more and more and more training to allow everyone to really know how to make the system sing. Because like when you and I sit down, I know how to make the system sing. Yeah. And I can, you know, pull offers in like minutes and sell stuff. You know, last five deals I've tried to sell live, I've sold them all live in under an hour and a half um, for like live audiences, like coaching groups and stuff. And Closers Olympics, you saw three sell in an hour and a half. Uh, so uh, it really comes down to what you put into it. What you put into it, like anything in life, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like anytime I hear somebody say it or I just say it myself, I think it's probably the least spoken about, but it's just the, hey, you might have this tech, you might have uh, this great deal, but like you still got to do the work, you know, (laughs) like too many people just expect to press the easy button. Um, the, The tech is what makes it easier and yeah. and better and not only the efficiency but should help you get better results especially with investor left exposing you to people that you otherwise wouldn't have access to right um yeah. i would i would definitely say i have one of the top buyers lists but as we saw testing out investor left you you challenged me the night before we had two difficult deals that were tight deals um and and maybe I could say they were difficult because I just didn't have the right buyer, but we put them on investor lift and we got them both sold and in a short period of time. So that was pretty damn cool to to go through that and and work that together with you. Um yeah. so best buyers packaging it together well, making it easy for the buyers to make a decision. I say that same thing so often. You want to have buyers that understand the right expectations, right? You've had uh, conversation with them, you know what they're looking for. They know what you're going to be providing them, um, and then being able to deliver that so it's easy for them to to access to consume. Right? You don't want like a, a full page novel about the craftsmanship of the house. Like, give them some yeah, bullet points. Give them the hard details. What's going to make them money on this deal? Right? Yeah. Um, a busy investor who's going to buy your deal, they want it quick fast to make that decision. They want to be able to see the pictures quickly, analyze it, have accurate numbers that you provided them, then validate it, make the decision to move forward. So, Yeah. yeah a lot, a, a lot, Dispo's problems always come down to laziness. Yeah. Lazy Dispo managers are the most expensive thing you can have in your business. There's nothing <laughs> more expensive than, uh, than a lazy Dispo manager. True. So, um, so what's the secret sauce to to investor lift? Like what 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 are the the inner workings of investor lift that makes it so unique and so powerful? Yeah, so when we first started the first thing the whole idea with investor lift is working together, collaborative intelligence. Right? So when back in the days when I was working at Express, we tried launching into five different markets. Because we, we got to a million a month in one market and they were like, let's double marketing and see if we can go from a million a month to two million a month. And we double marketing, but we only saw maybe like a 20% increase because there's only so many people in each city searching like how to sell a house fast, how to sell an inherited home. Like there's only so many motivated sellers. So we're like, okay, we kind of dominated that market. 
let's try to expand to multiple markets. Um, and when we did that, what we realized is acquisitions actually was way easier, right? Because we went from one of the, the, the DC is one of the toughest, yeah. toughest markets in the world to operate in. It's just sharks. All these old school guys have been around for like 30 years, just sharks, absolute sharks. So if you can make it in DC, you can make it anywhere. So we go out to like Alabama and Florida and it was like shooting fish in a barrel on acquisitions. But then the problem was we knew all the buyers in DC when we went over into these other markets, we didn't have buyers. So that meant I had to go build buyers lists. I had to build them fast. So we'd like try to get MLS access, try to download all the like, you know, people had had represented people that had bought stuff in cash. But the problem with that is you just get a lot of, you know, like Asians and Persians and stuff. We're just ballers. Like just because they bought something in cash doesn't mean they're they're an investor. So it's really a grind, like calling all these realtors, trying to figure out which ones actually represent the investors. So we did that. Um, then what we would do is try to like trade lists with other local wholesalers. Um, but if you don't have a list to trade, that you know, that's kind of tough. And usually when you do do a trade, you know what they do? They hold back their best buyers and just give you all the junk, all the unsubscribes. So we realized list trading was not the greatest. Uh, usually just end up with a bunch of junk. And then we're like, okay, well, I guess we have to do this the slow grind way. So we would download, you know, from like PropStream or Batch, like cash transactions and just have VAs just pounding through, pounding through, pounding through. Um, but that that was really tough because, again, you get a lot of false positives. The phone number skip trace is really difficult. You really got to look up the registered agents to get a proper skip trace. Yep. Because um, LLC skip tracing is garbage. Uh, so it was like really, really difficult. Um, to build up buyers lists sufficiently. Um, and as a result, when we tried to expand to multiple markets, we ended up failing, not because acquisitions wasn't dialing, but because Dispo wasn't dialing. We couldn't move the stuff as efficiently as, as we hoped. So to solve this, the first thing I did is I built God Mode. And God Mode, what it does is instead of just looking at cash transactions, we just create a basic algorithm that helps identify real estate investors a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently. So we just look at basic things like, okay, you know, like a homeowner will buy one deal, one property every five, 10, 15, 20 years. A real estate investor, they're really easy to spot because they'll buy four, five, six, 10, 100 deals. Okay, that's definitely a real estate investor. Or they're in and out of properties. If they bought it six months ago for 200 grand, they sold it last month for 400 grand. You're like, okay, that's an investor. So we just, we simple algorithms to just identify all the investors. And then once we identify them, what we did is we built in registered agent lookup directly into the app. Mm. So you can actually look up the registered agents directly inside the app because that was always a, a pain. And you got to do that to get the right skip trace. So yep. you can do it right in the app and then you can skip trace actual registered agent. But then the beautiful thing is if I'm working a city and I'm finding the registered agents and calling them and I get 10 phone numbers back and the first nine are wrong, I can mark them all wrong. And then when I get the right one, I can mark that right. And then once I've done that for a buyer, every single other person on the investor left network gets it. So there's literally been millions of dollars invested into God mode. And you can go access all that like that. There's 8,000 people working God mode every single day. Every single day, it gets more and more powerful because it's, it's grabbing the collective intelligence of everyone. And it's like having 8,000 people on your team. Yeah. That's there's no nice. way to ever... Like, oh, yeah, well, I just use blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but like you're doing all the work yourself. Like there's no way you can compete with having an army of 8,000 people. So in any major city, when you pop into any major city in America, the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 pages of investor left, all the top buyers are already vetted. Phone numbers are there. It just saves you copious amounts of money, number one, but copious amounts of time. Um, so that was the first thing. That was kind of like our way of building the list. And then we launched something called cartel mode and there's lieutenant mode in cartel mode, uh, which then will let you sh jump into a buyer pool with other people. Um, so I could have, let's say there's like on cartel mode, we have 50 guys in that pool. There are like 50 biggest guys in the country. They all share a list. Okay. So I brought in, you know, my 150, 250,000 buyers. But in exchange, I also got like Tarko Musa's buyers, Cody Sperber's buyers, Carlos Reyes's buyers. So we all worked together, building a list together with full buyer profiles, emails, phone numbers, everything. And we can go actually run marketing to other people's lists. So if I had to deal in Bakersfield, 
I could go blast to your buyers in Bakersfield. If you had a deal in Washington, D.C., you could go blast your deal to my buyers in Washington, D.C. So again, we're working collaboratively. Um, so that was the second thing that we launched that was really game changer. And then um, the latest thing that we introduced this year is called Artemis Mode. And Artemis Mode, it's really, really freaking cool. It shows you everyone that looked at your deal and that interacted with it in any way. So when you send out your marketing blast, not everyone's just going to pick up the phone, call you and be like, yeah. give you a full price offer, right? You got to work it a little bit. So Artemis Mode is basically, basically your lead list. Um, we monitor every single buyer interaction with the deal. And so anyone that interacted with your deal, you can see how long they spent looking at it, how many images did they click through. Um, you can see, did they submit an offer? Did they submit an inquiry? Like All of that goes into that list. And that list is going to be stack ranked based on what we call buyer action score, basically based on who showed did the most action, spent the most time, and showed the most interest in your deal. So when we sold those two deals, you know, we blasted them out, and then we just went straight to Artemis mode, mm-hmm. and there's our lead list. But the really cool thing is on the higher two levels of investor, Lieutenant and Cartel, all the deals sold nearby, you can see that same list for anything that was previously sold on InvestorLift. So that's what we did on your two deals. I'm just like, dude, like we don't even need to wait for our Artemis mode list to fill up because it'll fill up over time as people open up emails and stuff. Let's just go look at these other deals that were just sold down the street and see who bought those. So if they just bought something three, four months ago on InvestorLift just down the street, what do you think? Are they going to be interested in your deal? Probably. Yeah. You go call 15, 20, 30 of those, you're going to have your deal sold just like that. So that's how we're able to sell deals really fast to the perfect buyer at the perfect time. Um, and then we got some really, really cool things that are going to be coming out pretty soon that are going to take it to even another level. So it sounds like um, what's so powerful about the inner workings of InvestorLift is over time, it just keeps getting better. Yeah. Right. Because there's that community aspect of it. So if you're joining and adding value to it, someone else is joining, adding value to it, you're all just helping each other get better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. One of the criticisms that we get is people are like, oh, like I don't want to use InvestorLift because like if a buyer unsubscribes from InvestorLift, like I can't hit them. But I'm like, okay, no, actually, first of all, you want to have unsubscribes because the real buyers will say subscribed, right? It's just the flaky ones that will self-select themselves out. But the other thing, what we monitor every single month is we monitor positive network, positive and negative network growth. So unsubscribe would be negative network growth new buyer join would be positive. There's a bunch of different things we monitor, but the positive is always outweighing the negative, Mm. right? So for every unsubscribe, we probably have 10 new buyers joining, right? So it's always getting stronger and stronger and stronger by huge margins. Every day you wake up, you come into the system, the system is way more powerful than it was the previous day. That's pretty baller. So you teased us there. You said you had some exciting new things that are coming out, which you know, already there's a lot of exciting stuff about it. So what else could be possibly coming in the future? I know you also told me someone offered to buy it from you for a super high number and you turned it down because you said, we're just barely scratching the surface. We got so much yeah, more that we're developing. Um, what what else could be coming? What else is going to get people excited about using InvestorLift? Yeah. So good question because actually our second biggest release this year is launching next week, which is something I'm really excited about. Um, and that's going to be God mode version 2.0. And with the first version of God mode, we've been really focused on bringing you all the data on the flippers, right? Uh, the next version is bringing in all of the buy and hold buyers as well. So you'll be able to toggle between fix and flip investors or buy and hold investors or just see everything. So that's really, really exciting because everyone knows, especially in like this market, the buy and hold buyers um, tend to pay the most. So we're going to be giving all of those to you. I'm super excited about that. It's rolling out next week. And um, yeah, I think that's just going to really blow up the buyer database and take it to the next level. Um, another thing that we're doing, uh, introducing, this is going to be before year end. We're going to be releasing a buyer mobile app which is going to be absolutely great because being on a web page on your phone, like it's, it sucks. Like I want to have ideal. buttons. I want to have two-way messaging. I want to be able to just like 
have a conversation with you like I would my Uber driver when I my Uber driver is rolling up or my Airbnb host or whatever. Yeah. So the mobile app is coming out this year and it's going to be really um, focused on a couple of things. One is enabling push notifications to buyers. So we don't have to worry about email filters or texting deliverability or any of that. Um, we can just push notifications to the buyers directly to their, to their phone without having to worry about, um, you know, did they open the email or, or did they read the text message? It's just straight push to their phone. They can click on it, opens up right in the app. So much, much better communication channel. Um, and then two-way messaging within the app, right? Like people, you know, a lot of people like to pick up the phone, but a lot of people just like to message you, right? Like, Hey, can I see this? When can I come? What's the lockbox code? So we'll have two-way messaging built in. So you can just basically, you know, have conversations back and forth with all your buyers and do that all through the app. I think that's going to be absolutely killer. Uh, So the app is going to be out sometime between now and year end. It'll be available uh, both on Android and the iPhone. And then one of the things I'm really, really excited for is our AI that's going to be coming out. Uh, So I've already been testing it. I just got the newest version. And what I'm trying to get is I'm trying to, you know, at the beginning of the call, I was like, you know, that stuff is not magic. You can't just post a deal and expect it to just sell. You have to get in there and you have to work the deal. That is true. But at the same time, my goal every single day is to get it as close to magic as possible. Right. So like by this time next year, I don't even think you're going to be sending out email blasts. You definitely won't be doing mass email blasts because you won't need to. Um, Because what we're doing is we're investor is basically a data mining machine that's like monitoring everything that every buyer has ever done. We have billions of data points since day one. We've been monitoring every single buyer interaction, every click on every image, everything. Because I knew that if we do that, then we can build AI that will then give the buyers a much better experience, right? Like when you go to Netflix, one of the great things about Netflix is you go to Netflix and after you've watched a few movies, it's going to start recommending movies that you like based on what you've watched previously, right? That's when when you create your profile, one of the first things that pops up is like, hey, click on some movies and shows that you like because trying to jumpstart the model. Well, investor we're basically building the same kind of algorithms where we're taking all the history of what people have looked at in the past and train that into a model that will then allow us to not show every single deal to a buyer, but show them just the deals that are going to be a perfect deal for them. Not based on their buy box, because what we tried buy boxes first. People are like, oh yeah, I just want to, you know, a lot of these buyers are like, I want to be able to set my buy box. So last year we introduced buy boxes where people could put in the criteria of what they want and only get texts and email alerts right. if it meets their buy box. We found is that doesn't work. They lie about their buy box. It's True. like everyone wishes that they could bench 400 pounds. <laughs> it was, what are you, six foot four? Everyone wishes they're six foot four, but are these six foot four? <laughs> no, they're not. So that's like buy boxes. It's like, that's what the buyers think they ideally want to do. But in reality, they go outside of them all the time. So what we found is a much better predictor of what people will buy is not what they put in their buy box, but what they actually spend time looking at. What they spend time looking at and the strength of those interactions tells you exactly what they're going to spend their money on. So the new AI um, is going to start giving you know buyers like daily digests or weekly but digests or monthly digests, whatever they want of the deals they want. When they get into the app, it's going to show them the best deals for them based on what they've looked at in the past. And then from a wholesaler's perspective, what you're going to have is instead of having to blast out to 5,000 people, it'll be like, here's the top 12 people that we know are going to buy your deal. Wow. That's cool. So I'm trying to get to like almost like zero time dispo where like literally you just have to make a few phone calls and you're going to find the perfect buyer for your deal every single time we're trying to get to press a button sell a deal and this is going to be the biggest jump towards that ever in the history of our industry and um it already works it already works if you give it enough data so we're going to roll it out in phoenix first because we have a, a pretty good amount of data and then city by city once we have enough data to train the model we'll be rolling out city by city after that so you'll also see that rolling out in phoenix possibly in the next couple of weeks that's pretty cool, dude. Um, so AI is the the hot new thing everybody likes to talk about, but to actually implement it to make it useful 
is a whole nother thing. So that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I cut down your whole guessing game of who's going to buy it, blast it out to everybody, blast the people who don't really even want to see it. But now you're putting it right in front of the people who actually have been looking for that type of deal. Yeah, hundred percent. That's pretty sweet. So, um, so where do you go from here? I mean, what's what's your like, what's your roadmap for yourself with Investor Live? Are you just trying to take it to the moon and get it in the hands of every single person and in, in real estate investing, or uh, where do you see it going from here? Yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to really make sure that we completely finish what we started on the single family side of things. Um, so the next, like once we get like the AI matching, the app out and like all these things um, and really get good, strong adoption there, then, you know, we got 4.6 million buyers now in the database. Usually if a new buyer starts buying deals in America, usually within about 30 days, we have them registered as a user and they're starting to get deal alerts. So like we we're, we're almost there on single family, but the next big thing is going to be introducing landing um because people want to get the deal but they also need the money to buy the deal Heck yeah! so we've already started to do we're spinning off about 100 million dollars a month in lending applications we're working right now with lending partners on that so people can just get the deal but then also you know get the financing so there's a Dude, lot that's of really huge yeah that's huge huge yeah and there's some really cool stuff that we can do that no other lender could do right because we have our people's deal history in the app like if I pull up your profile, I can see every deal you've done, what you bought them for, what you sold them for, when you bought them, when you sold them. So if you call a regular lender and you wanted to get a loan, they have no idea who you are. They're going to be like, oh, three, three points and 12%, you know, versus like if you called up, you know, someone on InvestorLift, when we fire over the lead, it's like, hey, here's Dean Rogers. Here's the 150 deals he's done. You're like, oh, okay, Dean, uh, actually forget about the points. And we can do it at 8% or you know, whatever it is. Like you're gonna get we'll be able to give much better rates just because we have more information. Yeah. Uh so that's the goal there is to work with some strong lending partners to get cheaper money for the buyers based on their track rec record of success. Like if I have an 800 credit score, I'm gonna get a much better, much more available credit when I open up a credit card, and I'm gonna have a much lower interest rate than someone that has a six fifty. Right. It should be the same kind of thing with hard money and private money lending, but it's not because they don't have a credit report, like a yeah. deal. But that's kind of what we're building is like the deal report. Here's what the person's done before. Track history. So I think that's going to be pretty big. Um, I'm going to try to do at least a billion dollars of lending next year. Yeah. I think the and lending the following thing is year, huge, dude. Huge, yeah, huge. It's going to be really big. It's going to change that. People don't know how much it's going to change the industry, but it's going to really like everyone's going to go to investor for their loans by the end of next year. One of the top things that I hear from new investors that's holding them back is lack of access to capital. Um, yeah. Even if they've done deals, right? Um, it's a, it's a never ending game of needing more capital for more deals. And so if you're not only putting deals on a silver platter, with investor lift, but then you have the the funding behind it too, that is streamlined, makes it easy for them to apply, get access to it, close on the deals. I mean, what what a what a good idea. Yeah. And then once we get that all done, we're just gonna start branching to you know bigger real estate segments. Like we've already had apartment buildings and commercial properties in the tens of millions selling, even though it's not built for that. They're moving. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, I think next year, once we really dial things in on the single family, that's going to be the next big push is like, we're going to just move up NASDAQ classes and start having bigger ser ser servicing guys that are doing bigger and bigger and bigger deals. Just take the exact same playbook we do on single family, roll into commercial, roll into multifamily, roll into land. We're starting to you know, like build up the land, buyer data set a lot more. It's kind of been like the ugly stepchild. That we've kind of ignored <laughs> so far but like we just added six thousand new land buyers just last month so it's starting to grow um i can see then, yeah, i that, can see land being big i mean i, I yeah. personally haven't really tapped into the land area but again i just had joe mccall on podcast last week and he was showing me on his screen i couldn't believe it on zillow sold properties in the past 90 days in in not just like an entire state he showed me the state of florida but like he showed me counties and it was tens of thousands of deals selling. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much land was selling. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a big market, but super fragmented. Yeah. So I'm like, we just got to give these guys tools. Let's give them technology and tools to work smarter, not harder, and then pick up that industry as well. Yeah. Well, you thought you were going to start a data company and go away from it, but it sounds like you're still in a data company. <laughs> still a data company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, that's that's incredible. Um, do you see yourself getting back into the real estate investing game? Or are you saying, nope, I- I'm as close to it as I need to be and I'm doing what I'm doing best? Oh yeah, no. Like I said again, like once you're a real estate guy, you're a real estate guy. You're, you're, there's so many deals that I want. Like I see come across, I'm like, oh, I want to do this deal. I so want to do this deal, but I, I also believe in focus more than 100%. anything. Oh yeah, baby. right. You gotta stay focused. You gotta go 11 out of 10 on everything you do. And yeah. nine out of 10, you're gonna fail in two to three years. If you go 10 out of 10, you'll maybe survive five years. If you want to really be successful, you have to go all in 11 out of 10 on one specific thing. So I paused my deals for now, but as soon as I finish building out investor lift, you know, eventually I'll have some sort of exit on it. And then, um, and then all that capital is going to go roll straight into doing real estate deals. So I'm actually excited to get back into that. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll be doing bigger stuff, you know, like doing sure. hotel deals down here with Jerry Norton and multifamily deals and stuff like that. Like I want to do like hundred or plus stuff. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, yeah, that's so important. I think people, I got to repeat it because the level of focus you need to have to get the results you dream of requires that 11 out of 10. You, you said that when we saw each other at the mastermind and uh, I love the way you say it because I I say it differently, but I like the way you say it because people going nine out of 10, they think they're giving it a lot or enough. You're gonna, you're just, you're just gonna fall you're to the fail. side, man. You're gonna fail. Ten out of ten. You're trying hard. You're, you're trying really hard. It's just not enough. Eleven yeah. out of ten. You're gonna, you're gonna break through to the other side. You have to freaking give it everything, and then a little bit more to yeah. break through to the other side. I know that's, that's my story. My story. I was just putting in hours and working my ass off. Granted. I did it the opposite of you. I didn't pay for the quicker results. I had the the limiting belief that I didn't have enough money and that I had to do it on my own. And because I had that limiting belief, it put me in the position to make bad decisions on my own that put me in bad deals that made me lose significantly more money than if I would have just paid for the coach or mentor for the fast track. Yeah. So it's hilarious. But for, for you, you saying 11 out of 10, I love that because it's what it takes, man. It takes that extra push to break through to the other side. That's true. That's like that's like the secret to success, actually. Yeah. It's just yeah. if you combine 11 out of 10 with extreme focus, you can actually do whatever you want. But you just you got to say no to 99.99%. So you can say yes to the 0.01% that actually moves the needle. Because every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else yeah right so you just literally got to say no to like everything that's not aligned with whatever your laser focus is so that you can be the best in the world because if guys are scattered across to this is why there's this big controversy about like like different action options like should i wholesale should i flip should i do the both at the same times i'm like doesn't matter what you do just i believe you should just pick one if you're going to be a construction company be the best darn construction company in the world. Yeah. Right. If you're going to be a wholesaler, be the best damn wholesaler in the world. Pick one thing and go all in on it and just become the best in the world at it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think um, the shiny object syndrome, saying no to all the shiny objects is a real skill that you have to develop because I know I've wasted a lot of time on shiny objects. I've lost money because of shiny objects. Uh it's a real problem for most people, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Uh, you talked about getting into some of these bigger deals. Tell me about what's unique about what you got going on right now. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe end with talking about this. You're in Puerto Rico. Why are you in Puerto Rico? It's the land of no taxes, baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Puerto Rico, they have this thing called Act 60. After the hurricanes came through, 
uh, they needed money invested in the country really quickly. They needed a way to do that because the federal government, I mean, they gave them a lot of money, but they need a lot more. So the, they said, look, if you come down here and you spend at least 181 days per year in Puerto Rico, we're going to give you zero federal income tax, zero capital gains tax, and just 4% state income tax. So when people are like, why do you live in Puerto Rico? I'm like, well, if you have high income, why would you not live in Puerto Rico? You have that question wrong. Like, why would you not live in Puerto Rico? I mean, that's huge. Tax. When you're young, especially if you're older, I get it, you know, live with your family or whatever on the mainland. But when you're young and you're, you're prime earning the season, it's like, you know, it's like with investor left, I'm like, I can build it once and keep all the money or I can do it on the mainland and build it once. And then I have to do it again, like to you know, get the same benefits. So it's literally like doing everything two X. Um, cause you're just, you're keeping all the money. And if you compound that over, it was crazy is when you put in your income, you put, take what you are paying in taxes and you say, Hey, look, if, what if I just threw that into, uh, some sort of investment that even just made me 6% a year. And you stretch that out 30 years and you see what it turns into. It's just like you're, you're, you're going to get on an airplane the next day. You're, you're getting on the airplane it. the next day, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, and then the hotel deals down here are incredible. So, Jerry, actually, I'm working with him a little bit right now on a hotel deal. Um, I'm actually building my studio inside of his hotel up on the top floor. It's going to be this whole like content studio, which is going to be great. It's going to be putting over $100,000 just in one room, just on equipment, not including the build-out and everything. So that's actually opening up next month. Really excited about that. But the hotels, they're very short on hotel rooms here, which has caused people to put their properties, their their long-term rentals on, switch them from long-term over to short-term because they, they can get way higher rates because mm. of the shortage in hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why there's a shortage in hotel rooms is when the hurricane came through, it knocked out all the hotels. And the guys were like, ah, it's going to be like five years before tourism comes back. So we're just going to walk. So everyone just walked and threw everything back to the banks. Dang. And then the bank sold it for sold all those deals for pennies on the dollar to the guys that just wanted to land bank or, or, or property bank and just plug some cash and just wait. So there's concrete shells of hotels on every street corner. Uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Punta Cana has about 160,000. I, I have to double check the numbers on this, but I believe it's 160,000 hotel rooms in Punta Cana. Puerto Rico gets more tourists and I believe only has 14,000. So they're really at like one tenth of what they should be. So of course, all the people that were doing long-term rentals, they're like, damn, we can make bank on Airbnb. So they turned all their long-term rentals into short-term rentals, flooded the market with Airbnbs. But then of course, what does that do to long-term rental prices? If you decrease the supply of long-term rentals and you still have the same demand, what happens to prices of long-term rentals? They go up. It goes up, up, up. So then like a place that used to be $800 a month is now $5,000 a month. Whoa. So an average income of Puerto Rico, I think it's like $18,000 a year. It's not very high. So what was happening is those pushing out the locals. So when the locals get pushed out, what happens? They're not very happy. They, get so they go to the government and they're like, hey, bring rental prices down. And, you know, some uh, that knee jerk reaction would be, oh, let's put let's put rent controls in place, but that never works. That just makes it so landlords can't reinvest back into maintain their properties and you end up with slums. Um, there's tons of research around, around price fixing on rents and doing uh, rent controls. Rent controls always just destroy your economy, destroy your, your entire city. It's like the worst thing you can ever do to a city is put rent controls in place. Um, so they're smart enough to not do that. And instead they're like, let's just bring the hotels back. So if you buy a hotel in Puerto Rico, whatever you buy it for, let's say a million dollars, they'll give you 40% back as a tax credit. And those tax, but people are like, well, you're in Puerto Rico, you don't pay taxes, you only pay 4%. Those tax credits are assignable. So you can bring it down to one of the law firms down here and they'll go sell it to a pharmaceutical company or something and give you 85, 90 cents on the dollar for the tax credit. So wow. you can like, and you get that day one, but then they also give you 40% of the total marketing operating costs for the first two years. So whatever you spend on that hotel in the first two years, they're going to give you 40% of that back as well. So it's like having a 40% capital partner on a deal that you never have to pay back. It's incredible. Wow. And, and they need it. They need it here on the island because uh, 
but they need to get their tourism back rolling. Like the per percentage of the economy here that's uh, of money that's earned off of tourism is way smaller than what it should be. So it's creating this huge opportunity. Gary's going after it really hard. Um, I'm not really doing it. I mean, I, I got a studio inside of his hotel, but there's a lot of big guys that are coming down here and, and you don't have to be living down here to take advantage of, of that tax credit. Anyone anywhere in the world can come down here, buy a hotel and get the exact same tax benefits. Pretty crazy. So I'd imagine tax, reduced taxes, basically no taxes, and opportunities is creating a lot of people to move to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people coming. I think, that, I don't know, there's thousands each year that are coming down here. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I know a lot of people that we know are making the move. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you down here one of these days. <laughs> Maybe so. Hey, don't, I'm a beach guy too. I'm two blocks from the beach here in San Diego. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be a little warmer where you're at but I like warm weather. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You just have to pay the socialists. <laughs> got to pay them off. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude. Um, okay. So what do we got to do here? Um, how can people get a hold of you and yep. how can people find out more about investor left? I think you have a special code for them, right? Absolutely. So we'll drop a, a link down below this video. Uh, I think you have a special link that you'll put down. And if you use that link and you put in the code Dean Rogers, um, when you buy investor, that's going to give you 10% off. So that's a special thing we're doing for anyone that watches this and actually wants to take action and get on investor. If you haven't already, um, if you haven't like, don't wait, just, just jump on it, get rolling. Uh, all there's a reason why all the biggest guys in the industry that have the highest numbers all use us. They all use us, all the biggest guys for their dispo. It's because you literally can sell your deals way faster at way higher prices. The 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 time to return on investment is usually, you know, weeks uh for for most people that make the investment. Um, it's not for super beginners. If you haven't done a deal yet, don't buy it. We're a dispo product. It's like you don't need it if you're just getting started. But if you're doing, you know, a couple of deals a month and you're starting to scale up, uh definitely it's going to be a good fit for you. If you want to learn more, go to uh the link down below. Um, you can also reach out to our team, support at investorlift.com. Um, and on that link, there's a live chat box. So you can just ping our team, ask any questions you have. Uh, there's a bunch of info on that page about InvestorLift. Uh, you can also ping our team and just ask for uh, to jump on a demo. And we'll jump on a demo and walk you through InvestorLift and see if it's a good fit for your business. If it's not a good fit for your business, we're going to just let you know that. And we're going to tell you that, hey, maybe you're not ready. Maybe you got to wait a few months, get a few more deals before it makes sense for you to invest. Um, but we'll, we'll, our team will do an assessment of where you're at at your business and see if it makes sense for um, you to come on because we want you to come on when the timing is right. We want you to come on where we can basically guarantee that you're going to have success and almost guarantee that um, you're going to get a return on investment. So if you're you know, doing a couple of deals per month or more than that, it's probably going to be something you really, really want to look at. Um, so click that link below. If you're ready, just jump on. Just Go at checkout, type in the code Dean Rogers. That's going to get you at 10% off. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Robert Wensley, last name W-E-N-S-L-E-Y. Um, feel free to DM me. I do respond to a lot of DMs myself. If I don't have a chance to respond, usually someone on my team will ping you back. Um, but I do try to respond to uh, most of them myself personally. And then you can also follow and um, DM my team at investor lift also on instagram uh, or follow us on youtube uh, we're starting to put out a ton of incredible youtube content uh, we just did a video with you yeah. selling those deals that those deals we're talking about how we sold on investor lift there's a recording of that so you can actually watch us uncut selling those deals live to buyers uh, so definitely check that out as well make sure to give us uh, a follow and hit that notifications bell on, on youtube cool man well, dude, guys, make sure you guys connect with Robert. Robert's rubbing shoulders with all the top real estate investors in the entire country. So uh, definitely want to connect with him, follow him, see what he's up to. Check out Investor Lift, incredible tech to help you sell deals faster and make more money. So Robert, thanks for being on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dean. We'll see you next time. Peace.